but then this generative AI, so let's say uh, I write a book and generative AI reads it and makes some conclusions and starts uh, suggesting those. Now, who has the copyright of it? Is there a copyright issue? Because it's my copyright on the book. Is it the AI copyright? How does it, or does it create copyright infringement? So that's a, a million dollar question that is now pending before multiple courts uh, across the world, not just in, in Europe or the US. I think we, we are seeing this also in other jurisdictions. My personal view of this is that uh, if copyright subsists in the first place in what is being produced, then this copyright belongs to the author who generated it. So I type a prompt and based on this prompt an image is then generated. Mm -hmm. um, if you were to read, for instance, the terms and conditions of, um, let's say, ChatGPT uh, or DALI uh, or other generative systems, you would see that even in the terms of con and conditions, it's mentioned that whatever intellectual property rights subsist in the uh, rights subsist in the generated content, uh, even if it uh, subsists with with the creators of the model, they automatically uh, assign it to you, so you get the rights. Over, over this content. So the main principle is that whatever happens, authorship can only be channeled uh, through a human being. And it ha you have to find a human in the, in the pipeline and assign the copyright to, to them. But copyright cannot uh, subsist uh, in, uh, um, in, let's say, content that does not have any human uh, um, contribution to the to the process so you need to have some some minimal contribution in the uk for instance we have these specific provisions for computer generated works where uh, instead of relying on the originality criterion that we know from from copyright law the the uk act uh, provides that so long as the author has uh, exercised uh, some form of orchestration or has sort of um, channeled the computer to produce one uh, one type of, of, of work or another, uh, then copyright will subsist uh, regardless of the of the absence of any original contribution by the human. So we have some legislations across the world that try to deal with this. But to my view, unless you see um, very direct uh, verbatim, word by word reproduction, uh, you can hardly speak of freely, uh, freely copyright infringement. And why is that? It's precisely because of this technical process that I mentioned. The fact that if you take an image and you use it as training data, what the model, uh, what the model, the training algorithm will get is not really the actual image, but rather pixels, millions of, of pixels of that image. And then it will use them to compute probabilities. So uh, it's very hard to argue that this transformation of, of an image into a, a, a set of uh, uh, matrices, basically, uh, or embeddings, whatever we want to call them, uh, is sufficient to, to argue that it's still the same object. It's just numbers, really. When, when a photo becomes just numbers, unless you have a reliable way of going back from the numbers to the photo, I don't think you can, you can argue that there is infringement. I know that people from the creative industries will not be happy with what I'm saying, but it's my my personal view. No, no, I, I think it's very clear what you say. If there's a substantial evidence that 
the outcome or the output is based on something which was copyright of an individual, then the copyright applies. But it gets complex when it's not directly evidentiable because end of the day data or images can get interpreted. And how do you uh, justify that it was actually the copyright of the author or not, especially let's say the painter or somebody, but then that's a different dimension and that's the complexity we are talking about and that's why we need all these laws and so many lawyers for that but Indeed. if we look at that then generative ai can also generate data based on personal data it now can. it can indeed and now we say uh, that personal data which is relatable to somebody is personal i mean any data that's relatable to someone is personal data now is the generated data personal data and if it is isn't it creating confusion and uh, also challenge in terms of privacy of an individual you're absolutely right um in fact generated data or synthetic data as we call them uh has been thought of as uh, some sort of a messiah and the solution to all problems uh, you know a panacea a solution to all problems to all problems relating to the use of actual real world data from individuals but indeed it has been proven that generated data can also contain personal data because models are known to uh, memorize some uh, some specific types of information and again when it's memorized and it's reproduced um, models have been prompted uh, and successfully in reproducing actually uh, real personal data about uh, about real individuals so when we have that, we we have a clear problem, uh, and obviously for generated data, this can be this can be minimized probably with uh, some sort of sanitization mechanisms. We we have this the duplication of data in the in the pre-training process to make sure that really your model will not see the same piece of data a thousand times. So if it does, then there are chances. Uh, again, this is there is a there is a mathematical explanation behind that. But there is a chance that your model might actually remember it, uh, and if it memorizes it, then it's very—it's uh, not impossible to to also reproduce it. And then, whether it generates or not will not matter because you will clearly have uh, personal data about uh, a real person uh, that you're processing, and you obviously will have to comply with uh, with the requirements. But synthetic data are promising. Uh, it's just that they are not uh, the ultimate solution. It's not. Um, it's not possible to simply rely on synthetic data. Also, um, people from industry say that much as they they find them beneficial, synthetic data actually nowhere close to to real world data because again, it's it's generated. It's just uh, it's constrained by the mathematics that defines uh, deep learning. Yeah, no, I mean it's confusing in a sense. Because if from personal data, you're creating data that is linked to the person, then of course it's personal and then it falls in the purview of the GDPR or any other privacy law. But if you're creating data based on a personal data, which is not being linked to the person, but for any other purpose, then it falls in the realm of anonymized or pseudonymized data exactly. or maybe synthetic data, which you're going to use for purposes other than where the person is being impacted. So Indeed. it is a fascinating area of conversation, if I may call it. If you like this, find the full episode.
episode of Fit for Privacy podcast on iTunes or Spotify.